When you talk to people about their care in rural and remote Queensland, there is one consistent in their feedback. They all have glowing praise for the clinicians living and working in their community. These projects aim to empower and build workforces in some of our smallest communities, helping provide equitable care with a whole lot of heart. Hello, uh, I'm Sarah, this is Tanya, and we're going to talk to you about the Proved, ProVed, ProVD, and we say Proved um, project, and how we're supporting clinicians everywhere to drive local innovation. Uh, first of all, in the spirit of reconciliation, the Proved project acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Uh, so we've been sponsored by the Healthcare Improvement Unit of CEQ for three years now, since 2019, and PROVED, however you pronounce it, stands for Promoting Value-Based Care in Emergency Departments or EDs. And the way that it came about was a recognition that while emergency departments are facing the same challenges, um, there are pockets of really good things, little innovative projects that are happening everywhere. And there was no way to share those. And so what the PROVE project set about doing is try to sort of take those grassroots pockets of innovation and lift them up to be shared and to stop reinventing the wheel and try and start breaking down some of the silos. So a lot of the initiatives that are involved are uh, targeting, giving staff the right resources and the skills. Uh, and we've really tried to support the local workforce to implement the initiatives where we can. And something that we've really set out to do from the get-go is engage and support the rural and remote facilities. So as a statewide project, it is really easy to fall into the trap of targeting the big metro hospitals and, and the big numbers. But uh, we sort of set out from the beginning to try and make sure that we really did target those rural and remote smaller facilities as well. And essentially what PROVE does is tries to equip the workforce to provide the best possible patient care, which is essentially why we all come to work. Very briefly, it's, uh, there's a lot to get through, but how we do it. So we need to find those pockets of innovation, and, and each year we do a statewide call out, and applications are shortlisted, and the shortlisted applicants are invited to do a three-minute pitch. It's a Shark Tank-like event called the PROVE Pitch Fest. We've held three so far. It started a little bit glamorous in person. We had to pivot to online. And that bottom picture, which <laughs> we couldn't find a, a very engaging picture, but it's actually in Cairns. So we were really pleased to get out of the southeast corner last year and hold our pitch fest up in Cairns. And the pitches are judged by a multidisciplinary panel, which includes consumer representation. And the final initiatives are then taken and we develop the resources a little bit further from the local ones that have been developed. And this is where the most challenging, most time-consuming, but also the most rewarding part of the project comes in, which is really, really widespread consultation with various bodies at statewide level and, and often external organisations. And that helps to develop the resources into a really sort of credible, widely-endorsed, robust suite. And the final step from there is to showcase them to the state. We started off in 2019, 20, well, yeah, 2019, uh, very much in person. We, we uh, did on-site showcases in emergency departments. 
all of the initiatives are opt-in, so they're presented uh, as an option, and then the local stakeholders can decide if they're relevant to their, um, to their emergency department. We then had to do a lot more online stuff, but we've really tried to utilise the networks, the statewide ED network, QuedSAP, the rural and remote clinical network, and also the rural and remote education providers such as Retrieval Services Queensland, the Australasian College for Emergency Medicine EMET program, and STORC, which is the paediatric uh, simulation education. We have supported local project champions, so an on-site clinical facilitator to implement uh, the initiatives that are selected, and provided a lot of ongoing project support. We've unearthed 15 initiatives so far, and we won't go into all of those today. They are on our QEPS site, uh, and if you search proved with the hyphen on QEPS, they'll come up, but also externally on the uh, Clinical Excellence Queensland Health, uh, Improvement Exchange. Uh, but I'm going to hand over to Tanya now to talk about five of the initiatives, and I'll just preemptively move this down a bit because it's probably a bit high for me too. Um, uh, five of the initiatives that are particularly relevant to rural and remote facilities. Awesome. Thanks for that, Sarah. Uh, this. Okay, so I'll go through these individually. So the first one is the standardised and safe um, intubation package. This was developed by Dr Jaco Gorman, who's had a lot of experience in retrieval, the area of retrievals. And so this, um, the intubation procedure is something that's performed infrequently, but it's a high stress, high acuity situation. And uh, he developed a suite of resources to support patient, um, sorry, clinicians uh, during this procedure. So often in rural and remote, we see this even less frequently than we do in some of the larger hospitals. So we're really, really proud of SIP. It's gone a long way. Uh, it's been included in the Rural Remote Emergency Services Standardisation Guidelines in their airway and breathing procedural kit. And we've been able to provide these resources. It's actually well over 150 rural and remote facilities now. Uh, the rural and remote education providers also utilise these. So when they're going out to these sites and providing education, they're uh, using these resources that are going to be familiar to the clinicians. We've also had requests outside of Queensland Health for the resources. So Christmas Island and Cocos and Keeling Islands, which are way out to the west of Australia, have also um, implemented these resources. Marta's utilising them. And we've also had a request from an NGO disaster management uh, service that is also utilising the resources. Um, originally, when we implemented SIP, we thought it would be um, primarily for rural and remote sites. But we've got 19 metropolitan and regional hospitals that are using the resources in some form. And excitingly for emergency departments, that we've had requests for, from intensive care units to also implement them in their departments. So pre and post implementation surveys have re resulted in an um, increase in staff confidence utilising these resources. I'm also using paper notes. Uh, so the next uh, initiative we've got is the resuscitation medication safety. And just like SIP, it provides a visual resource um, that prompts uh, clinicians and helps reduce errors. So it also aligns with the SIP resources, but we've uh, developed these so that it incorporates uh, national guidelines and standards, as well as the Children's Resuscitation Emergency Drug Draw-Up Guide, or CRED. 
So these work, they sit out on the bench, they're quite large boards, but you can see that the medication trays fit on those. They're also laminated, so it allows clinicians to be able to write important information on them, such as uh, drug dosages, etc. So we're currently collecting uh, post-implementation data, but there's, uh, our pre-implementation surveys showed that um, just over 50% of staff are confident uh, in the preparation of drugs for resuscitation. So there's a lot of area for improvement there. Uh, our next one is the WIRED or Guidewire, uh, sorry, Guidewire Education Package. This came from Cairns Emergency Department. It's really about upskilling clinicians uh, in inserting an IDC, utilising a Guidewire. So it's often perform, performed by urologists, but very rarely performed by ED clinicians. But it's an easy, simple procedure, and it's utilising techniques that most ED physicians are already um, confident with. So this has been, this is part of the stakeholder engagement. It's been, we've had implement, um, input and uh, support from um, the relevant authorities and it's in the final stages of being included in the Australian College for Emergency Medicine scope of practice CPD skills. So that's really, it's going to be used a lot more widely right around Australia. Um, so there's a lot of um, lot of good things that can come out of this one, and I think Katrina Starmer, who's a facem up in Cairns, and who's responsible for this initiative, I think that story from her really highlights the benefits that it can have. So this, there was a patient that needed to be transferred by helicopter to the Cairns Emergency Department. Um, they had multiple attempts at inserting a catheter. A lot of trauma was caused to the patient. So that patient was then taken out of their own community to a larger facility where they're away from their mob. Um, they then had complications associated to, with the trauma that was um, they experienced. So I think when you look at this, the benefits to the patient, you're decreasing um, complications. They're also being able to be cared for in their own environment. But then there's also some savings to the um, healthcare system. When you look at the cost of retrieving patients, and there's about 40 patients retrieved every year, um, for urinary retention, um, it can uh, result in sort of big savings. Okay. The next one we've got is the safer ventilation in emergency, and this was developed in Bundaberg Emergency Department by their educator up there, Samantha Hull. And it's really about um, incorporating a ventilation care bundle uh, with the ED resuscitation area QADS form. And we worked really closely with the Patient Safety and Quality Improvement Service to get that ventilation care bundle um, included. But I think with this one, the most exciting bit of this for me was that when we were um, already sort of liaising with rural and remote clinicians and the education providers, there seemed to be a lot of need for something like this, particularly in the rural and remote areas. And so we worked really closely and, and had a co-design method to actually develop something that was going to be useful for the clinicians in the rural, rural and remote areas. And at the moment, we're finalising a user testing trial. And it was really great because we've had good involvement for not just metropolitan hospitals and regional hospitals, but the rural and remote sites have um, come on board and been involved in this user testing trial. So that's just quickly some of the outcomes from the um, pilot side. And we can see there that most uh, of the aspects of care of the ventilated patient um, imp were improved. And we know there's lots of research out there that shows that this, this improves the um, mortality and morbidity for the patients. 
Okay, the last one I've got to talk about is the safe, well-organised inter-facility transfer. And this was developed at QE2 in response to a um, clinical incident that happened. And it's really about ensuring that the patient is safe and ready to transfer to another facility. We worked very closely with QAS um, in the development of this initiative. So we know that often when the um, decision to transfer a patient is made, there can be a big delay from when they actually leave the department and there can be lots of factors um, that impinge on this. And we know in rural or remote areas, this is, um, there's so much to organise, so many logistics, that this time delay can be even worse. Um, so it's really about making sure that there's been no deterioration to the patient, that they're stable and they're safe to transfer. One of the suggestions we had from QAS was um, including a swift rule. So that gave, gave the clinicians the ability to, if they weren't happy that that patient was going to be put in the back of an ambulance or a helicopter or a fixed wing aircraft, that they could escalate it before the patient actually left the department. And what we've seen in some of the um, HHSs, particularly in far north Queensland and central Queensland, um, who, are actually, who are having to transport patients vast distances from their smaller facilities to a larger central facility, they've implemented this on a whole HHS level. So I'll hand back over to Sarah and she's going to wrap up. Thank you. Um, so as a project, we're immensely proud of, of the work that, that has been done. And I suppose the thing that in some ways differentiates proved from a lot of other projects is the grassroots approach. So it's sort of a bottom-up uh, system rather than top-down. And I think that it really empowers um, the frontline staff. We've um, really made sure, as I mentioned, to partner with the rural and remote facilities. We held a specific rural and remote showcase early on and we supported uh, clinicians to come to that. Uh, we have some pretty credible, fairly widely endorsed um, professional resources as toolkits for each of, of the initiatives. Uh, and we've provided a lot of uh, sort of mentoring and support and capacity building lo at local sites uh, for quality improvement. Uh, and there's a long way to go, but we've started to slowly break down those, those silos that exist. Uh, and we, um, we couldn't have, we're really uh, grateful to the Healthcare Improvement Unit for hosting us, Metro North Health, sorry, sponsoring us, Metro North Health host us, and the Queensland Statewide ED Clinical Network. But most importantly, it's, it's the frontline staff that have just been so amazingly engaged and enthusiastic and have really made this project happen, both with coming up with the initiatives uh, and sharing them, but also implementing them locally to help value-based healthcare in emergency departments. And finally, I just want to leave you with a quote from Sean Drummond in one of his early um, communications, which really um, resonated with our team, where we have proven models of care. Let's stop piloting them over and over. Let's just implement them. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.